Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 135 in which I'm going to talk about the Mayan or the Mayan calendar if you prefer and specifically uh, it's in regards to um, a series of inspirational talks um, given by the late Ian Zell Lungold and he did a whole series of, of talks across the US and Canada from 2001 to 2005, um, unfortunately when he died, very untimely death at the age of um, 56. So before we get into today's uh, particular episode and today's conversation, I just want to give a, a little bit of a content, content sorry, update. Um, I recently met up with uh, my friend Niall Murphy, aka uh, Mr. Opaque Lens, and if you follow my work, you'll be aware that um, we've had a couple of conversations uh, on my uh, podcast uh, a while ago, and uh, we spoke about COVID, of course, amongst other things. And recently, we met up uh, close to my home uh, here in the New Forest uh, in Hampshire on the south coast of the UK, because um, it's a particular location in the forest that we met up that has um, some real uh, meaning, uh, some deep significant meaning for Niall when he was a child. So yeah, we had an interesting um, conversation and Niall takes up the story um, in the video. Unfortunately, you're probably aware my YouTube channel was deleted by that particular <laughs> big tech organisation last September. So you won't find it on my, my channel, unfortunately, <clears throat> but it is on Niall Murphy's channel. Uh, which is through an opaque lens and if you go to his um his uh, home page on his channel you can see there it's a video entitled um ant returns from discerning consciousness or some 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 words to that effect so yeah go and check that out if that's something um that might be of interest to you anyway almost and upwards uh with today's uh particular content I'm just going to look, um, basically share, I don't want to get too much into the main calendar, it, the Mayan sorry, calendar itself, because what I want to share is more in terms of the significance of the teachings um, as we find ourselves right now at this point in human history uh, and why they are so significant. But anyway, just in a pricey form, of course, the Mayan calendar is, is not what we would normally think of in terms of a calendar because it doesn't measure time in the normal or traditional sense. Instead, it measures the flow of creation in terms of uh, an evolutionary cycle or epochs. And each epoch has a particular expression, <coughs> particular expression that dominates events on Earth. Furthermore, some might say that it charts or maps the evolution of consciousness from the very start of life of life forms in the universe. So just very quickly, like I was saying, just go through the cycle from the beginning. So we started with the cellular cycle and then we moved on to the mammalian cycle and then it transformed into the familial cycle. <clears throat> and then we moved on to the tribal cycle and then it moved on to the cultural cycle, the national cycle, the planetary consciousness cycle, the galactic consciousness cycle and the universal consciousness cycle. Now, the universal consciousness cycle, as you may or may not be aware, um, that started in 2011. So that's the cycle that we're in at the moment. And the main expression found on the planet is 
the idea of conscious co-creation. And as I was saying in the talk, uh, presentations on YouTube, which you can go and check out for yourselves, um, Ian Lungold talks about these uh, different epochs and in specific detail. And, and it's very, very interesting charting the evolution of uh, consciousness. But yeah, as I was just saying, what I'm really going to look at is the key aspects of the teachings uh, and why they are so pertinent to current and future world events. As you know, it's a kind of one of my favourite hobby horses on my podcast to cover that because I'm really interested how uh, consciousness is going to evolve on, on this planet and hopefully we will survive and prosper at, at some point. I think it's really interesting because um, I certainly don't buy into a lot of the doomier truth and narratives, but by the same token, we have to be realistic that we're going to, uh, during any time of major transformation and change, it is it is very, very um, challenging. It will be challenging. So humanity will have no choice, uh, I believe, but to rely more and more um, on our intuition. And this is, um, I will go into this more uh, during this po podcast episode, because if we want to survive, all the dramatic uh, changes, collapsing systems and established ways of, of living, etc. It's really going to be the only way that we're going to survive. And I will explain in a while why that is the case. I'm just referring to the mind. On the one hand, is is an extremely useful tool, but it will not be able to keep up with the increasingly the increasing rapidity of change and increasing information or i should say the uh, intensification of information streams and more of that in a while like i was just saying but integrity um in overall is going to become more and more prominent in terms of the future of humanity and that's something that really does fascinate me because it could be that we're, we're on the cusp of something that is um sort of a, an organic change I would say and there's nothing that we really need to do um, but focus on our own level of consciousness if you will focus on our, our beingness in the moment because the idea of <clears throat> how we're going to evolve I think it begins with the simple premise um, and that there is only one law in the universe and that is, as you're probably all well aware of, what you pay attention to, you become conscious of. Of course, we've heard such things spoken about in terms of the law, um, the law of manifestation, manifestation, of course. <clears throat> and this is a, a, a very simple, inviolable law, it cannot possibly be broken. And really, uh, if we think in terms of that, our individual job as individual fragments of consciousness if you will is is to pay attention to the flow of creation well of course that sounds simple enough doesn't it but how do we do this in reality essentially as i was just saying this is really the mechanics of manifestation um, in the 3d realm so we have an intention that might be a future desire what we want the future to look like it may be that we want to manifest it specific um, event or a, a happening or a new car or a new relationship and then we focus our attention on this and we use our intuition by connecting to the source 
and the flow of creation only really works or we can only sorry I should really say we can only really tap into the flow of creation when we are living in integrity and that is um, a key factor in the process in terms of uh, manifestation now of course um, things like the secret and the law of attraction I've never read the secret but of course um, I have seen some of the sort of presentations online and YouTube videos and things like that and I'm not sure uh, with the law of attraction uh, and the teachings of Abraham and, and things like that whether they actually speak about the importance um, of integrity so that's something interesting to consider and another important aspect in terms of uh, manifestation is just allowing everything and this is the something that Ian Lungo repeats quite a lot the importance of just allowing everything because it isn't our isn't our job to question the universe the whys and wherefores of the universe and this of course feeds into a recent episode where I was talking about the limitations of mind orientated spirituality where we get locked into specific ways of thinking or specific ways of being or specific teachings and then of course we're just um we're lost in in the intellect and thinking all the time and then that can become a barrier to just embracing and letting go and embracing everything um, that comes our way from the universe because i guess essentially what we're trying to find in this space in terms of the flow of creation or the sweet spot if you will when we are uh, uh, consciously creating is 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 a balanced state of consciousness a balanced state of consciousness sorry get my words out another facet of this idea of being in the sweet spot or a balanced state of consciousness when we're centered if you think of it when we're centered um, when we are centered it's we possess something called peace of mind we're not experiencing stress in any way and we have a certain certainty that the actions that we are taking are in alignment and of course peace of mind is something which we all crave especially during these quite stressful times and i think it, it unites all of humanity in all of humanity sorry irrespective of one's race religion or, or ethnicity and really what it comes down to if one thinks of uh, the idea of peace of mind it is a balanced state of consciousness and in very simple terms, what Ian Lungold talks about in his presentation is how we how we achieve a balanced state of consciousness, which leads to a peace, which leads sorry to peace of mind, is is by called by something he describes as recognizing the patterns. So when we so example would be when we first learn how to drive, or perhaps when you first learn how to use a computer program like a dare I say the word Microsoft, but that's something, they're products we've all used, I'm sure. But when we first used things like Microsoft Word and Microsoft Excel back in the day, we certainly didn't have much peace of mind, did we, uh, initially, because we didn't know the, the, the process, we didn't understand the process required to perform specific functions. But over time, through repetition, we learnt what icons to press and how to manipulate the mouse if you will and eventually we achieve peace of mind through repeating the patterns over and over and over again and, and another thing to um, give consideration to is how this idea of uh, repeating the patterns 
can also is also a key aspect or facet of mind control, of course. And this is how society is hypnotized. How this how mainstream society hypnotizes it, uh, its citizens or the citizen citizenry, I should say. And this comes down to simple things like how the TV news is always on at the same time, six o'clock, nine o'clock, and how we have a, uh, annual holidays and events, and they all occur at exactly the same time. So there's this deeply repetitive uh, nature about uh, mainstream society, and a lot of that is about repeating patterns. So again, of course, this is something that can be used in terms of uh, opening to the light or, or the dark forces use it to uh, manipulate um, a lot of humanity, unfortunately. But let's just um, return to the aspect of uh, integrity and why it's so important, specifically as it relates to uh, manifestation and uh, at this particular time on the on the planet. So when we think of integrity, um, one might think of things such as following your heart or being true uh, to ourselves. Um, of course, there are other things that one would think of when we're being um, when we're acting in integrity it can be just as simple as following through on an action. So if you say that you're going to, um, say, meet a friend and do a social activity, then you don't cancel at the last minute. It's just simple things like that. Um, following through on our actions can be said to be acting with integrity. And of course, um, there's also a way in which we can explain, as Ian Lungold does in his talk uh, very uh, expertly, this idea of explaining integrity. Uh, he uses a, a physical uh, principle to explain its uh, importance and the impact that lack of integrity has on the flow of creation and manifestation, if you will. So if for a moment, if you visualise um, a spinning gyroscope, which basically is just a centred mass uh, spinning on a shaft or an axle, and the spinning um, one could say that a spinning gyroscope is representative of the velocity of consciousness. In other words, everything in existence. So we could say that the more we see change uh, in the world, then the more the gyroscope accelerates. This is representative um, of the change, if you will. And of course, we're seeing greater, greater uh, acceleration at this time of change. So this means that uh, in this particular model or metaphor, if you will, the gyroscope uh, gains greater and greater velocity or greater and greater speed. So as it increases or accelerates in speed and velocity, that means it, it, it achieves greater and greater stability. But the problem comes in terms of lack of integrity. This is representative of removing a section uh, of the gyroscope, so say just cutting a section of the disc out. What happens then is because the integrity uh, is removed, what happens is as the disc, as the gyroscope spins around, the axle, the central point, uh, will literally just um, break off and the centering of the gyroscope stops, obviously. So as we know, um, we're living during a time of accelerating change. So how are we going to be able to remain centred um, during such conditions? It will be imperative, um, I believe, to 
to be in our uh, to be in our intuition as and it will be as this will be the only way to survive the dramatic changes um, that are occurring and I believe that they will increasingly become dramatic. Perhaps most interestingly uh, when one considers this model is how will the existing power structures and systems be they political, economic, financial or social, how will they survive if they continue to operate with the uh, with their existing complete lack of integrity? Um, I don't think anyone can argue uh, that they um, there might be some sort of changes on the periphery on the or on the fringes. But as we've known for many, many decades, our political system, our financial system, our economic system and many of our social structures um, are not imbued with a great amount of integrity, I, I think, uh, unfortunately. And I think what we're currently witnessing in this post-COVID era is an attempt by the control system uh, to sort of reinforce its norms, etc. But I believe, or its relevancy as well, but I believe that they will only accelerate the decline under this model. So there is nothing that we can really do to arrest a decline. I think these systems can never be made to be moral. That's quite a simplistic way of um, putting it. But they will never, I believe, that they will never embrace truly human values. So they're going to exceed. They're going to cease to exist under this particular model or theory. I think this really leaves us uh, nothing to do but to um, focus upon our own um, sort of our own individual you know, our own internal uh, worlds, our own in, in internal consciousness and focusing on um, the power of attention. As I've said before, on discerning consciousness, there's no there's no fight we need to engage in. There's no revolutionary um, revolutionary acts. And just at this point um, in recent years, um, I've got into the work of someone called um, Jacqueline Hobbs. And that's, I believe that's H-O-B-B-S. She's a, a British woman who also goes under the name of the Oracle Girl. And during COVID, she came to came to prominence. And her, her main idea or thinking or philosophy, if you like, is that we're in a period of um, change of human consciousness because what's happening is the collapse of the slave self. And eventually that's going to, uh, lead to an amazing transformation on the planet as consciousness uh, evolves and I think there's a correlation here between the ideas of the oracle girl and this idea of the collapse of the slave self because essentially what's going to happen is um, those aspects of ourselves that uh, are essentially um, Let's just think of it in terms of those that are out of integrity, those aspects of ourselves that aren't very, how should we say, wholesome or, or sincere. They're just going to be swept away as as all the systems are, because um, it's just no longer going to be uh, able to operate. And um, Jacqueline Hobbs, the Oracle girl, her, her idea, her um, one of her main ideas, sorry, I should say, is that we will move to an economy of love. And whereby commercial exchange will be a mutually rewarding process. I think this, yeah, like I'm just saying, this fits in nicely with the teachings of the main calendar and what uh, Ian Lungold uh, was, was speaking about, how we're now in a period of dramatic decline 
and there's nothing that we can there's nothing that we can really do but the positive thing the positive thing that is that as new systems come on board as the old as the old systems collapse as they inevitably will the new the new systems will be built upon um, integrity and that's the only way in which going forward um, things will change so it's almost as if um, there's this sort of organic process of change that is is taking place and I really do I really do subscribe to this idea and I think in in many ways the whole Covid psyop that was the the uh, the system trying to still reinforce its relevance or still trying to in the knowledge of, of these changes that are happening uh, on the planet not just on the planet should say but also um, throughout the universe it was their kind of push to maintain their their power structure uh, in the knowledge of of what's happening because no doubt they uh, they're aware of um, the main calendar and uh, what's happening so let's just I just want to return to uh, on a personal level really uh, this idea of integrity. I've noticed in recent times, I've seen the last few years, that when I act out of integrity, then I experience an almost instantaneous feedback loop. I mean, it's really quite scary and freaky, to be honest. And this is in respect of just um, referring to things that fall apart very, very quickly. Um, I mean, what I'm really talking about here is... Um, I'm not talking about this isn't to be confused with a form of religious punishment for sins committed, you know, for acting out of integ integrity, for going against the Bible uh, or the Quran or, or, or anything like that. But it's kind of or, or even sort of karma in a spiritual sense of the word. I think it's more helpful to see it in terms of just breaking the cycle of manifestation uh, when not acting with integrity and just to be um just to be a little bit more specific in terms of what I've noticed when I act act uh, out of integrity or I don't act, perhaps I should say, with integrity. So in things like friendships, I've noticed if um, I'm unhappy, perhaps I'm not happy in the friendship, perhaps I'm not expressing my sentiment, perhaps I'm not speaking my truth. I, I've found that um, arguments happen or issues surface a lot quicker than they want than, than they once would have done and it's almost as if um, they're surfacing to, to be to be dealt with to, to be processed at this time and there really is no more uh, head in the sand so to speak uh, and I think it's a good overall it's a good process uh, I'm talking about here this sort of instant feedback loop of when I don't act with integrity but it, it is quite scary because certainly here uh, in Britain we're used to burying our emotions and um, we're used to not we're not we're used to kind of not speaking um, our truth so it can be um, it can be really really un unsettling but I think it's all it's all it's all a good thing um, but it is it is putting us on the spot and certainly put me on the spot in the in the last um few years and also not just in terms of friendships but I've been in job situations so I've had quite a lot of temporary work contract work during that time and if the situation isn't working it it just falls it falls apart very very quickly it's it's um it's not like in the past where I could have just um 
just carried on and things would have fallen apart but it would have taken a lot longer it's almost like there's this speed and and rapidity which um a lot of people are talking about really it is quite difficult to um to reconcile uh one oneself to as well um but in term i think it's also in, interesting in terms of this idea of um acting without integrity and a manifestation manifestation because it kind of speaks to the idea of the fact that we can't really manifest in a conscious way when we act out of integrity. And uh, I urge you to just look out, look outside at the world around you. Isn't this evidence of this fact and why things are so chaotic and why the chaos is, is only going to intensify? Uh, on the one hand, because in the main, a lot of people are acting out of integrity therefore they are manifesting in an extremely unconscious way and also at the same time um, there appears to be a pattern i think there is a pattern sorry i should say or a meaning in the chaos of the external world i think there's part of a much bigger cycle whereby everything that was once hidden from public scrutiny is being brought into view in order to be processed so I think at times it, it can be um, can be really easy to get depressed, to 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 lose all hope. But I think if we can see it within within this sort of context of cycles, within the context of a broader sort of cosmic picture, then it does it does lessen the anger and frustration. But let's look at the current state uh, of consciousness, if you like, and. Um, Ian Lungold in his talks, um, he used this as an example of how things might change in the future. And he was speaking, as I say, um, the, in the beginning of the 2000s, the beginning of that uh, particular, um, yeah, the, the millennium, the new millennium. So he uses the metaphor of, um, so think of a solid block of ice. And he, he describes the way in which human consciousness is trapped or suspended within this solid block of ice. And in this context, there's a huge amount of human potential that is locked in time and space. So it's locked within the ice block. And in this model, we can assume that there is no motion or movement. But as we know, simple a law of physics, there's... Um, there's no change or there's no evolution when there's no motion or movement and things just uh, they become very sedentary and there's, and there's no uh, evolution like I was just saying and I think we've all been able to intuit intuit that there's so much more possible in life and that there's so much human potential that is um, that is just locked out of expression I know over the years it's led to a lot of anger and frustration from myself, um, really just thinking how propagandised people are and how we're propagandised into thinking and, and having such uh, a low opinion of ourselves and, and to not realising, not being able to realise our huge and amazing potential as human beings. But how might this change then? So there's this idea um, that of what how things might be transformed when the ice block melts. 
So obviously in order for the ice to melt, there has to be heat and heat causes the block of ice to melt. And in order to create heat, there needs to be friction, something to rub up against. Ooh, uh, misses. <laughs> so those, and this is something, um, yeah, that I'd never thought of before I saw um, Ian Lungo's talks. And this is really, it's such profound wisdom and it certainly helps again to ease those frustrations and anger against those people who during the COVID chose to remain asleep, shall we say, I'll leave it at that. But let's just say those individuals who refuse to evolve are causing the heat that leads to the ice block melting. So why is it? Well, it is their resistance or refusal to embrace change that is in causing the heat, that is causing the heat. In other words, that's causing the friction. Therefore, there is no need to get angry with the normies or the sleepwalkers, if you like, because they are playing an important role in the evolution of consciousness. And I thought, yeah, that makes that makes so much sense, uh, because once again, things aren't always as simple or straightforward as we might think, or shall we say, black or white. And I think um, I've heard this described in these sort of terms we think of all the little tiny microscopic uh, organisms that help to break down all the rotting vegetables in a compost bin or a composter if you prefer everything even the little tiniest microorganism it has a role in breaking down those vegetables vegetables rotten vegetables and other composting matter shall we say and therefore is a great value in the whole process uh, therefore, there is no there is um, there is no waste because, as we know, um, nothing that is created in the universe is created in error. So everything has its role. So once again, there's nothing that we really need to worry about in any of this process, as I've spoken about before. There's no reason to try and wake people up. Let's just leave them to their leave them to their slumber. But this model can also be applied to COVID, the dreaded COVID, COVID again, in order to further its relevance and understanding. Because I think when one is able to see the light in the darkness, so to speak, and consider the bigger picture, then the COVID-19 PSYOP uh, was an utter failure, really, in terms of setting back the evolution in consciousness, which was, was its attempt to kind of lock uh, human beings uh, uh, out of this evolutionary process and, and it's utterly failed. I'll just explain why now because um, in the context of the UK um, lockdowns forced businesses to change how they operate and you know, that was especially true in the hospitality sector lockdown sorry I should say in social distancing rules ridiculous social distancing rules so in the hospitality sector, new there was new seating and dining areas created uh, undercover outside. Um, and so as the heat in the form of change was applied, business owners had to innovate, which created more opportunities to do things in a different way. Totally new pathways leading to, leading to greater change in, and innovation. And that's also had to employ carpenters, chippies, builders and all the rest of it to create these new spaces, new spaces. So we can also see that the tighter the grip of control by the controlling forces is applied, 
then in in a sense the more they lose their the more they lose their power it's a kind of paradox it's a paradox if you think about it so so the system can only as we know really be maintained through repetition 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 where we're back to repeating the patterns now of course during covid there was um, a lot of enforced change um, that isn't to discount um, uh, the suffering that people went through but unfortunately when there is um, profound change within suffering sorry within society there's also quite a lot of um, there's also quite a lot of suffering that goes along with the change I mean I remember at the time thinking oh this is absurd look you know hoteliers and pubs having to create these sort of ad hoc spaces outside but if you think of it in these terms it's creating new pathways it means that um, people are having to think outside the box and it's creating more and more innovation, more, more and more ingenuity, so to speak. And that's how we see the ice melting and how we see uh, human potential unlocked and how we see human consciousness expand, if you will. I just want to move on now to talk about another important thing that Ian Lungold uh, discusses or talks about in his talks, and that's the mind and the uh, why it's important at this specific at, sorry at this specific time because the mind is simply not going to be able to cope <laughs> as things uh, speed up so to speak and um, yeah it's, it's going to be a little bit uh, scary to be honest so if we consider the basics that the mind is simply a tool and as we know we are not the contents of our mind uh, it can also be thought of as a receiver the mind is as a receiver where where we process thoughts and information streams but the contents of our minds emanate from another source hence when you hear um, authors say I didn't write this book I simply downloaded it from the Akashic field um, it, it didn't actually emanate from my mind I streamed it through my mind but it didn't actually the source of that stream wasn't actually in my mind at all and when we're when we're in the flow of creation or lost in the moment, then then the ideas do just flow and there's no thinking required. Uh, but when we try and think our way out of a problem, um, we simply get a blank. And we probably um, and we probably you probably experienced that many times like I have. And we feel really frustra frustrated because the mind works on a series of images like a Flickr book. And the mind itself actually works at a maximum of 24, 24 thoughts per second. But as we also know, consciousness is not limited to the speed at which the brain can process thoughts. And also the mind has uh, an inbuilt safety mechanism, um, which um, kind of speaks to the kind of flow. It flows, sorry, like this. So first of all, we experience stress that's when we don't know what's coming next next so that could be fear about the future that's a common stress of course and this leads to um, fight or flight now we know we all know about um, this idea of fight or flight um, in the animal kingdom they kind of play dead that's one way in which they try and survive rather than running away Another aspect of this fight or flight is 
unconsciousness. We become unconscious, shall we say, when we get lost in addictions. And that's another way in which commonly in modern Western societies, we know all about the problem of addictions as a response to stress or stressful situations, so to speak. But we're now entering a time in human history when consciousness is accelerating beyond the capability of the mind to process information. Hence the phrase going out of your mind. And this helps to explain all the inexplicable events. Here in recent years, we have uh, these crazy, insane environmental protesters who stuck themselves to roads and stuck themselves to buildings. Or we could also see this kind of strange going out of going out of one's mind in terms of the explosion of 50,000 genders and people wanting to identify themselves as a cat or a dog or whatever. Could, they, could it be that there's part of this sort of woke phenomena? Could it be that this is all part of this process of going out of one's mind and the inability to deal with this particular time and evolution of consciousness? If we consider the evolution of man, then we, we know that the mind wasn't designed for the level of speed. I mean, if we think of the amount of information that flows through the Internet and social media, our, our mind, the brain just wasn't designed to process that amount of information. So how are we going to survive uh, and process this increasing rapidity of uh, information without all going totally insane and that was something that Ian Lungold in his presentation spoke to he spoke about again we're back to this idea of embracing our intuition we're going to be left with little option but but to embrace our intuition otherwise known as uh, our personal power intuition or being in the zone and when you've when you've probably used intuition in in the, in the past, we have this phenomena that time just stood still. We didn't we didn't think through a process. We just instantaneously knew what to do. A lot like sports people when they're performing on the sports field, they just they just in a moment they know exactly what to do, and it and it comes purely instinctively because it comes from their intuition. And it's an aspect of our being um, that throughout history has always been feared by the ruling powers. And many millions of people, particularly women, as we know, um, have been have been killed, have been murdered for using their intuition um, if they couldn't provide physical evidence for a claim they were making. They were murdered and that was still happening in not uh, not that long ago, just over a hundred years ago, which is um, really shocking. So it could be that using our intuition will be the only way that we're going to be able to cope with all the rapid changes taking place on the planet. Perhaps we literally won't have time to think anymore. And how can we know? But how can we know? Obviously, because it can be difficult to distinguish between when we're in our mind, I know I struggle with this sometimes, when we're in our mind and when we're in our intuition. Well, when we're in uh, accessing, I should say, our, our intuition, we experience a sense of calm or a sense of knowing and we instinctively know the right course of action to take. And 
you'll know when you're in your mind because the mind uses reasons to justify actions and there's like this sort of self-repeating mechanism which of course in and of itself causes stress furthermore the mind is always reliant upon past programming that shapes our reaction to stressful events in the present and you'll all be familiar with um, thoughts that we all have it's like oh god here we go again i can't believe this is happening to me or i can't believe that this 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 same thing is, is happening to me yet again if you're if you're hearing that in your mind then you know that you're you're definitely um, you're definitely not you're definitely not in your intuition so to speak so i think i'll round things up now in this particular um episode number 135 so essentially what i've been um talking about is what i believe is um, an unfolding organic process of how consciousness is going to evolve and shift on this planet and it's going to be extremely dramatic uh, impact uh, to us as human beings because we hold up you know the mind and the intellect as being this amazing thing the power of reason the power of logic if you will but that really isn't gonna isn't going to help us um in these coming and, and future years, I believe, as we have to step in to, as I was just talking about, intuition in order to cope with um, things literally speeding up because our because our minds won't be able to cope. Also, just I've also been talking about the importance of integrity because it, it seems uh, in terms of this sort of teachings from the Mayan calendar, that as we move on, the existing power structures on this planet will no longer be able to maintain their control. They will no longer be able to maintain their power base because, as we know, as I said earlier, they're all built on lack of uh, lack of integrity. So that's how we could see this organic change happening and how corporations, if they want to exist, they will have to change towards like uh, what um, the Oracle Girl has been talking about, mutual cooperation and an economy of love, uh, whereby, whereby if there is a form of commercial exchange, it will have to be mutually beneficial. Now, how that actually plays out in, in terms of what the economy will look like in the future is anyone's guess. Of course, as I was talking about in terms of suffering, it is going to be very, very messy. But I do, I do hold out, um, I do hold out a lot of hope that um, if we can survive as a species, that these new, this new expression on the planet of conscious co-creation could mean that we we will be living in in a much much better world and the world that we've always dreamed about and hoped for, uh, perhaps since we were quite small children, it could actually come into being. So thank you so much for listening to today's um, episode. I hope you've managed to take uh, something from it. Of course, again, do check out Ian Zellungold's work. Um, they, a lot of these um, presentations are uh, filmed and put on um, video. And do check out the website, website mayanmagics.com. So thank you all again for um, tuning in. And I'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye for now.